Happy Tuesday morning, Hokie Nation. We got Andy Bitter, our senior staff writer, managing editor, David Cunningham. I'm Giovanni Heater. On set today for a little bit of a, a Tuesday special as we come to you with the brand new uh, revamped ACC football scheduling model. It's modeled all the way throughout 2030 Virginia Tech. Obviously, the big headline is that they're going to play Miami year after year with one of those protected rivalries. UVA stays in there as well. Uh, Want to start surface level, fellas. Your immediate thoughts after the schedule released last night. Thank goodness Virginia Tech Miami is back. I mean, that was one of the the big unforced errors that they made with the previous model, which was a great model. One that, hey, I dreamt up in 2012. Go look it up. It's on the internet. Go look it up. Uh, no, but they, they screwed up the parents. I mean, they gave Virginia Tech, UVA, Pitt, Wake Forest. UVA, of course. Pitt, Little Forest, Wake Forest, completely forced. There's not really a, a rivalry there. And they did not have this Miami game that, you know, dates back to the Big East. Um, you know, I think the all-time series record is Miami 16, Virginia Tech 15. That last time they played last year is the difference in that whole thing. They've had some great games over the years. These are two of, you know, when the programs are humming, these should be two of the premier programs in the league, or at least two of the more marketable ones. They need to be playing on a yearly basis. And the ACC rectified that situation. So, uh, you know, looking at from that perspective, if you're a Virginia Tech fan, you go, hey, UVA every year, Miami every other year, South Beach trip every other year. I like that as a writer. I'm sure the fans love that too. Uh, you'll take whatever else comes along with it. I think that's a pretty good scenario. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway was the ACC overall, I thought, did a very good job with um, with protected rivalries and kind of used the Big Ten model. There were 16 protected rivalries. Obviously, the Carolina schools are going to get a, a whole bunch of them. I think North Carolina got Duke, NC State, and Virginia. Um, but I think it did a good job of managing. Now, obviously, that that makes some of the scheduling on some people's ends a little bit more tricky. Um, Clemson only has one protected rival. That's Florida State. Georgia Tech and Louisville do not have one. Um, but I think as far as Virginia Tech is concerned, they got it right. We needed that Miami game back. Um, it just felt weird not playing Miami every single year for Virginia Tech. Uh, there's nothing wrong with traveling to Wake Forest. It's close. Um, and Pitt, I think, has always been a good game for Virginia Tech. But Miami is kind of that game meant so much to the Big East and then the ACC for so long. Um, I Chris Coleman, when uh, when the schedule release for the 355 model came out in 2022, Chris wrote a story up and I kind of copied this from him. Um, but he mentioned in that story that between 1999 and 2005, at least one of those matchups featured a top five team and two of those matchups were top five matchups. Wow. So like this was really, really good football. Can they get back there? We'll see. My other biggest takeaway is the travel. Um, I ran all the numbers based on longitude and latitude for every Virginia tech football season ever in terms of travel and how far tech has traveled. Virginia tech has eclipsed 3000 miles in the regular season four times Two in the 70s, two in the 2000s, um, and that those trips include trips to Oklahoma, um, trips to Texas. The 2002 year was college, college Station to Texas A&M. 2008 um, was in there as well. Virginia Tech will travel over 4,000 miles next year. That is crazy, but that is just the world we are in now. That is a, a record year because obviously Virginia Tech will go to Stanford 
along with Miami and Syracuse. So you get the farthest north, the farthest west, the farthest south teams all in one go. So pretty crazy. So Andy loves it as a professional journalist. As a student journalist, I look at that and say <laughs> senior year next year, we're going to be missing some road football games. I don't think there's any way we get out to Well, to you're, you're going to Syracuse. That'll let's, happen. Let's just be honest. Yes, that'll happen. Don't uh, get me, and everyone can stay in my garage. Stanford could be a tough one because there's tough. nothing you can do but fly to that one. Right. Uh, so that could be a tough one. You could drive Miami if you were motivated. Yeah, to it's do probably it. what sixteen to eighteen hours. Yeah, and it's the other one more is more than you want to drive. But right. it, it's probably drivable. But you probably want to fly that one if you're going to prioritize between Stanford or it's Miami, Miami. It's going to be Miami. Plus, well, I was going to say it's an ACC game. They're all ACC games, yeah. but the Miami one seems to uh, to mean just a little bit more. Well, you look forward here, 2025, 2026. You you just look at okay, so who are you going to play again? I found a graph very interesting, David, that the ACC had put out you know obviously they're going to play Miami and Virginia seven times across you know the next seven seasons but then it just kind of separates there's some teams you're only going to play two to three times there's some teams you're going to play five times that was that was pretty interesting to me yeah I think when I look at the the graphic that Jack Brizendine made um, yesterday he did a great job with that Virginia Tech gets Clemson four times yeah Virginia Tech only gets North Carolina three times, not until 2027. And then there are some of these games where, like, when when Virginia Tech goes to Clemson in 2026, it'll have been 12 years since Tech last went there. Um, same with Florida State. When Florida State finally comes to Blacksburg in 2028, it'll have been 16 years. And we only yeah. get them twice. That's yeah. been the victim of the, the reshuffling yeah. schedules a couple times. Let's push back some matchups like that. But, I mean, Clemson... 12 years would have been the the difference in times that they would have uh, not Played, traveled yeah. between in the, in the previous system. So yeah. I, I think the Florida State thing is just kind of a, uh, you know, circumstance because of how the schedule had to be revamped a couple times like this. But it is a strange occurrence going to Tallahassee three times between the times Florida, uh, State. Yeah, Florida State came here. Yeah. Louisville's never been to Lane since, since, since joining ACC. Yeah, yeah, since the 90s uh, when they were independents. Um, Duke is only on the schedule twice, once in 2024 and then not until 2029. Just, it, but I, but I think you look at it overall. The ACC did a, as good of a job it, it could with this. Like this is very difficult to pull off. Mm -hmm. Seventeen teams. Some you're going to see some teams more often than others, and I think the biggest thing is the rivalries were protected. It will feel weird, I think, for Virginia Tech to not have seen North Carolina in six years when they meet in 2027 like that'll be weird and I think that might be the weirdest part of it because there are two teams that go head-to-head -head on the recruiting trail Virginia Tech recruits North Carolina North Carolina recruits Virginia um, that is that is the one weird one to me but besides that I think the ACC got it right as far as Virginia Tech is concerned and I think the travel if you look across the ACC the travel is I think as close to being balanced with these protective rivalries as it could be. Felt like that Carolina game was almost starting to blossom into its own small little rivalry. You had the six-overtime game. You had just some big games between the two that really went back and forth. Now the people might get upset by calling it a rivalry. Well, now with no Coastal, that goes away, and now it really goes away because they're not going to play uh, well, Carolina most very likely much seen, at all. Uh, Virginia Hicks most likely seen the last of Mac Brown. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't play again until 2027, is he going to be coaching four years? Unless they mean the ACC now. championship game. A, uh, ACC championship game would be one way to do it. But, uh, yeah. 
unlikely <laughs> that those two teams get up to, to the ACC championship game at the same time. David, break down for us here the amount of miles that are about to be traveled. It's crazy that in the first year of it, uh, Virginia Tech really gets the brunt of it with uh, the only one so far scheduled out that will eclipse 4,000 miles is in 2024 next season. Yeah, and that, that 4,000 includes traveling to Vanderbilt as well. Right. Th- those, um, the non-conference games. Strictly ACC, and I think... If you're a Virginia Tech fan, you're looking at this, looking at the graphics that that I've put out on Twitter. You're looking at the numbers. It makes sense that the Carolina schools have the least amount of travel because for a lot of them, they've got two or three protected rivals less than 100 miles away from each other. In some cases, even less than 10 miles away from each other for Duke and Carolina. Virginia Tech will travel... 3,600 miles in the ACC next year alone to Duke, Miami, Stanford, and Syracuse. And the interesting thing is, like Andy and I wrote yesterday, Virginia Tech's going to get acquainted with those trips out west very quickly. You've got Stanford next year. You've got Cal in 2026. Cal comes to Blacksburg in 2025. Stanford comes to Blacksburg in 2027. And you go to SMU in 2027. It's still it's so weird. It's going to be a lot of travel very, very quickly. Um, and I think the the thing that throws the, uh, I don't want to say throws the wrench into the plans a little bit, but the thing that adds travel is on those same years, on the even years when Virginia Tech goes out west, Tech also gets Miami on the road. And in those first two even years, 24 and 26, Tech gets Boston College and Syracuse on the road as well. So you have the furthest north team, the furthest west team, and the furthest south team all in one go. That's going to be a lot of travel. But the good news is there are some years where Virginia Tech has the second least amount of travel. In 2025, that's the case. In 2027, 2029, and 2030, Tech has the third least amount of travel. So it's not like it's this Virginia Tech is getting beat with a bat in terms of travel for all seven years, it's a little bit of a give and take. Really, the only one that is like onerous travel is the West Coast. Yeah. Because that's just a long flight. But I mean, uh, if you take a bus ride to Duke, it's the same as flying to Syracuse or Miami. I mean, right. these these guys don't go and sit in the air, but like they charter these flights and stuff. I mean, these are they're pretty easy travel. This is not the 1950s where air travel is this just impossible process to do. So it goes pretty quick these days. I I think sometimes uh, we look at the miles they travel and, oh, they got this flight and this flight and this flight. I I think it's a lot easier than it was back in the day. But that West Coast trip, there's, you know, the time change, three hour difference like that. That's tough. I mean, even flying to Vegas in the spring, like I did, like it, it, you notice it. It's like a day or two before you adjust to it. So that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch here. Virginia Tech has never played in the Pacific time zone Crazy. for a regular season game. Tech bowl game, has played right? in California once. It was a San Francisco Bowl in 2002 against Air Force. But and they, they played in uh, Arizona for that. Uh, it was in the, the Inside Stadium. Bowl, which Arizona's weird. They, they don't switch the clocks, so I don't yeah. know what uh, time zone they were yeah, for I don't, that game. I don't remember exactly, but this will be Virginia Tech's first regular season game in the Pacific time zone, which is kind of crazy to think about. And it will be the farthest West game Virginia Tech has ever played in the regular season. You that wanna, is bizarre. You want to guess what that was? In the regular season? Virginia Tech's farthest west game in the regular season. Mm. I'll let you get the first crack in. It was back in 1959. Oh, I was going oh. to go with Nebraska, but it sounds like yeah. there was one farther west. They, they played, that. like, I saw it in your article, like West Texas West or Texas State in Canyon, yeah. Texas. It is in, like, the top, 
upper left corner of Texas. Really? Up, by the, west. up by the panhandle yeah. of Oklahoma a little yeah. bit? Now, I will say they could play out west. Depending on how the rest of the season shakes out, there is possibility with the bowl bids that they end up in, like, the Sun Bowl or something. Yeah. But that Sun would be bowl a bowl game. Or dare to dream the uh, holiday, whatever the San Diego Bowl is yeah. called these days. Is, <laughs> is it still the Holiday Bowl? That, right. That's the one I'm hoping for. <laughs> I've never been, to, in I've yeah, never been yeah. to San Diego, but that would be a that'd be a great bowl game to get to. That would be that would be pretty sweet. There is like some crazy uh, orientation that if everything played out right, they could go to the Orange Bowl, even if they lost in the ACC championship yeah, game. It's still the Holiday Bowl. I saw something. Get ahead of yourself. Yeah, I know. Got to be the SDCCU, San Diego Credit Union, I think. Well, for the exact numbers here, that like we mentioned earlier, uh, so you're playing seven times in the next seven years, you're going to play Virginia and Miami. Four times, you'll play Clemson, Georgia Tech, Louisville, and Pitt. And then three times, you'll play Stanford, Syracuse, Cal, Wake, NC State, and North Carolina. And then just two times, you'll play Duke, BC, Florida State, SMU. I got to say, out of those, those teams that you only get to play two times, the only one I'm like disappointed is Florida State. You'd like to see him play Florida State more often uh, just because that's fun. They once played in a national championship. That's a premier program in college football. Maybe it helps the the strength of schedule a little bit um, to maybe not strength, but the ease of schedule to not play Florida State. But like Duke, eh, BC, eh, SMU, like if you only play them twice, I I feel like you're not heartbroken. What are your thoughts from a fan's perspective? Yeah, I mean, SMU, there's no history there, so it's not like you're missing anything. Boston College, I think Virginia Tech fans have seen enough of Boston College over the years. This was a rivalry that was kind of thrust upon them, and it it was interesting for a while there when, you know, both teams were playing for ACC titles back there in the the late aughts, but uh, it yeah, that has run its course at this point. And, you know, they, they got rid of it basically with the 3-5 model, and now it's really diminished in this new one. I think not having Duke as frequently will be weird because that was such an annual game in the Coastal Division, and Duke actually got pretty good. You know, there was a while there where they were just the dregs of the ACC, and that was an easy win playing all the time. That's no longer the case right now. So, you know, maybe that's a bit of a schedule break, only getting them twice over the next seven years. I, I think the thing to remember is, you know, what are the odds this schedule stays this way until yeah. 2030? True. I mean, look look at all the turmoil around the ACC, and you say, oh, you only play Florida State twice. Well, Florida State might not be in the league at that point, you know, based on its bluster. Uh, yeah. You know, we had one year of the 3-5 model. We'll see how many years we get out of this model uh, going forward, but I mean, the odds that this gets to 2030 and there aren't major alterations because the the conference landscape changes seem very low. That's a very good point, considering we just did this a year ago in 2022. Right? That's what I was going to say. When I, it was funny. I, I won. I was trying to figure out how far I had to go back to find the article I wrote in in June or July of 2022. It wasn't very far. No. Like, like to go back and find <laughs> it and just go. Here's what the the the, the scheduling model is. And I found Chris Chris wrote a column up then about, you know, I can't believe Virginia Tech's not playing Miami. Um, and Virginia Tech doesn't get North Carolina. That felt weird. This feels a little bit more normal with Miami. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, as you, you mentioned Duke and, and Boston College and Florida State and, and SMU. The Boston College thing feels a little weird. You get them at 24 and 26, and then you don't get them again for the rest of the schedule. Duke, 24-29. Florida State is 25, 28. I feel like that's a little bit more normal. The one that's weird to me is SMU, 27 and 28. You get them back-to-back back years to back. and, and don't get them early or late. Um, but but I think, again, like, I'm not sure if this thing is even going to be around in, in, granted, one year, but maybe two or three years, um, considering the current landscape of, of college athletics and 
what we've seen, you know, at this rate, we're, we're averaging one schedule release per year. So True. it's like, you know, maybe next year, Virginia Tech, or the ACC is going to add, I'm, I would say Notre Dame, but it's not going to happen. So the ACC is going to add somebody else. And all of a sudden, you know, it's going to be an 18 team league. So I think the more likeliness too, is that some of your top dogs leave. Yeah. But. So who, who knows what I'm, what I'm very interested. I will say this though. I'm very interested to see how it plays out for basketball. The ACC currently has a 20-team model for 20-game schedule for basketball. And what you could do is you could play, you could have three rivals, protected rivals, play them two times a year and then everybody else once. Or you could play an 18-game schedule, one protected rival, everybody else once. So I'm very interested to see how it shakes out, especially with, in terms of gauging travel and, you know, the, the, the big selling point or a big, big, big uh, scheduling point around for these schools for basketball is when Virginia Tech goes out west, Virginia Tech's going to go play Cal and Stanford in the same go, something like that. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that gets scheduled out because obviously you're only playing one game a week in football. That's how they do these Olympic sports. Like when when soccer goes up, they, they knock out Syracuse and BC, you know, a Thursday and then a Sunday. Yeah. So you might see that on the hoop side. Do you have something, Andy? I think an, another thing to look at here is they stuck with an eight-game model. And now these leagues keep growing bigger and bigger, and they've moved to a single division, which I thought was great uh, previously when you had 14 teams. But now you're going to have 17 teams. So when you play eight games, you're missing half the league every year. And you're going to say you're going to be a one-division Everybody's competing for the same top two spots, and you're not playing half the teams in your league. The schedules can vary wildly throughout the year. Uh, you can catch some schedule breaks, be up there, you know, one loss or zero losses. You're in the title game against some team that has a tougher schedule, perhaps. And you know, you could have run the risk of that in in the 14 team thing that they have now. But now the schedules are so different that I, f- I feel like you're going to have a lot of really strange tiebreakers where there's not head to heads to break stuff, and you're going, no, oh, you're going off a common opponents or like who beat the best ranked team on this thing. It's, I don't know. I, I feel like you have to expand past eight games at some point. You can't do nine because there's an odd number of teams, so that screws it up. Uh, and I don't know if there's enough traction to go to 10. Maybe once Florida State and Clemson leave eventually, like they keep claiming they're going to, they're kind of the ones that don't want to go uh, to that bigger thing because they have an SEC rival that they play every year. But I think you know to have a, a better sense of who the best two teams are that are going to this ACC title game, that eight games for a conference schedule just is not enough. Uh so I'd like to see some sort of solution to the, like that. Uh, you know, I've suggested going to like a semifinal final ACC championship thing. So awesome. then you're involving four teams and then maybe there's like a bonus week where teams can just kind of pair up uh, and, and play a week. I, maybe that's too forward thinking for, you know, uh, athletic directors who like, you know, s- you know, steadiness in their schedules and knowing what they have and being able to budget from week to week. But there's something we learned in the COVID season is that these matchups can come together very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> if they like, need to, like it doesn't, you don't need to schedule 12 years in advance to get these matchups. I mean, if they're motivated, they can figure out a way to make these matchups happen very quickly. So well, maybe a little bit more of a, uh, you know, open thinking, I think, on how the schedule could work. Because I, th- I think they're going to run into a problem eventually where some undeserving team gets into the championship game. And you're like, well, they didn't, they really got a schedule break in this whole thing. If previous history repeats itself, 
the ACC might come back to, uh, you know, the ACC used your 2012 model once. Maybe the ACC will come back to, to this model Maybe. eventually. I'm throwing it out there. I'm, I'm planting my flag. Semi-final, final. Need to make it happen. Let's uh, do it. Um, I, I want to just throw out a hypothetical out there. Think about this. Cal and, and Stanford are going to travel more naturally than everybody else. But you have uh, just about every single year, you have schools that are there's going to be probably a school almost every single year that's traveling less than a thousand miles. Next year, it's Virginia. Virginia is only traveling 812 miles in the ACC. Virginia has Clemson, Pitt, Virginia Tech, and Wake Forest. The 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 fewest tra- the lo- least travel for any team that I could find was Duke in 2026, Georgia Tech, NC State, Virginia, and Wake Forest. That same year, Cal will travel 8,600 miles. Wow. So that's an 8,000-mile difference. Now, again, that's just where teams are located. And But but imagine if, um, you know, I scroll down the 2026 scheduling model, Duke and Cal don't play. Imagine if it's a Duke and Cal head-to-head for some reason, like like in a, in a tiebreaker. Well, they don't, they don't play. Well, Duke has traveled 8,000 fewer miles than Cal. But they never play. Like, I think you're going to run into this thing a couple times. And I think it's even interesting to look at, like, this year's AC standings. We were talking about it on Monday on the podcast. Virginia Tech, if for some reason Tech was to lose and fall into that into that group of teams with two losses, well, Tech doesn't play Miami or Georgia Tech or North Carolina this year or Duke. Tech plays NC State and Boston College. But that is a large chunk of teams that – when you're trying to do a tiebreaker, they don't have a common opponent or they don't have a head-to-head. So it's going to be a mess. It's going to be chaotic. I think it's. I, I think there's probably a better way to do this than 18 schedule and just the top two teams go. Um, but this is kind of what we're stuck with right now. Kale gets it tough next year. They have to go... Um... It's nice, obviously, the protected they 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 protected the West Coast teams with each other. But next year they have at Florida State, at Pitt, at Wake Forest, and then at SMU, which is still halfway across the country. But that's what it's going to be like every year for them, right? There's there's no choice. Well, there's yeah. some years where they get to go play yeah. at Stanford. Yeah, the, every okay. other year, the odd but, number right. of years. But would you rather have that, or would you rather be in the Mountain West? Yeah, making yeah. In, what eight million dollars a year on your TV deal, like. This, this is what they're doing this for the money. Right. And they're happy to be in the conference. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're the ACC, you're already, you're already taxing them pretty hard in terms of how much they, they get from the conference coming in. And uh, I guess they'll just play the schedule that you give them. Yeah. As far as Cal and Stanford's travel, um, like next year, Cal will travel 8,000 miles. Stanford will travel, or Stanford will travel 7,000. The following year, when Cal is at Stanford, Cal will travel about 7,000 and Stanford will travel about 8,700. So it's not, they kind of just flip flop. I I tell you what, very interesting is SMU. SMU travels between four and 5,000 miles all but one year when it travels in 2029 when it travels 5,500. So it's pretty even for SMU. Because they get to go here and here. Yeah. Rather than these guys got to go. Yeah. They're in a hub in Dallas, Fort Worth. So they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think the the biggest thing is we talk about who's going to play for an AC championship. <laughs> Maybe it is time to bring back divisions. Like I hate to say that, but like you know, when we got one year of this divisionless, I know, ACC. and then but it just it's gonna be weird when you play eight 
okay, you play eight games, you're missing, like Andy said, half of this, half of the conference. That is what I love about hoops. Every year, regardless, they they'll play everybody. That won't us. be a, that won't be a problem, and I don't think m- maybe any other sport. Right. But in this sport specifically, when you don't, when you can't physically play everybody in a season, it makes it very, very difficult. They need to be forward thinking. Semifinals, finals. Every major conference is going to be facing this problem because they're all too big now. They're all too big to do it. And you don't want to go uh, two divisions because then it feels like you're two separate conferences. You won't even play the other conference if that's the case. You want to have the variety. You still want to have the feel of one conference. Uh, but you want to be able to determine a champion fairly and squarely. And if you do semifinal, final, I, I swear people are going to watch those games. It'd be something that they watch. So uh, let's put it out there. Let's start so the, the movement. So the top four teams would top go. Top four, yeah. Like one, four, two, three? Yeah. That'd be great. It's getting so crazy. And then all the rest of them can just pair up to finish out their schedule. It'd be like that bonus week that they did. Wasn't yeah. there a year that the Big Ten did a bonus maybe during the COVID yeah, year think, where they're yeah. like, we're just going to pair you up based on how you, you are yeah. in the standings. Well, it's currently, like, there you Vir- go. Virginia Tech and Louisville would be playing in that. In, in this that. current season, Virginia Tech and Louisville would be playing in that game right yeah. now. Well, that would be epic. Um, and, and a lot of fun to watch. And we get to see basically that on Saturday. Yeah. Um, well, you just look at this and it looks like in NCAA 14 when you can custom <laughs> conferences and like, this is, this is so bizarre to look at. I think it's going to take a lot of people, uh, a lot of time to, to get familiar lasting note. I think the one group of people that it impacts the most that, that it bums me a, about for is Virginia tech travels. Well, especially in the ACC Hokie fans show out, um, Especially the, the the schools that are within this five six hour radius around around Blacksburg, the North Carolina schools in particular. Well, now that that, that makes things a lot more difficult. A lot of people are not going to be able to make that trip out to Cal and Stanford and SMU, and I think that that's a shame because there's a lot of people that do go to almost every game, and that's not going to be an opportunity any longer. Yeah, but. I think there's also, uh, you know, something fresh. It's something new. And maybe you will pony up one year to go out and cover those games. I mean, these games happen, you know, they're probably going to happen once every 12 years, 14 years, whatever the cycle is going to be for how how many trips you make out west like that. So maybe it's something new that you want to do. It's like if you're traveling somewhere like the Bay Area and Cal and Palo Alto, not not the worst trip, not a cheap trip. No. I mean, it's not going to be cheap out there in Silicon (laughs) Valley, but – uh, you know, it would be an interesting trip and the weather would be nice. And so I think there's some positives to go along with these drawbacks to travel. Awesome. Yeah. I, I think when I look at, I, when I combine the non-conference in there, you think about these, these are Virginia Tech's six away games next year, Vanderbilt, Old Dominion, Duke, Miami, Stanford, and Syracuse. That's a lot of travel. Like those are, you got one game in the Commonwealth, Old Dominion. You got one game in North Carolina. That's Duke. I think everybody wants to pony up and go to Nashville for good reason. Um, I, I think it might be a little bit difficult to convince some people to go to Stanford next year. But I think when you look to 2026, the next time Tech goes to the Bay Area, that season Tech has Maryland, Boston College, Clemson, Miami, and Cal. That's the f- one big trip. That's a fun schedule right there. Cal's the outlier, but that that – road ACC schedules all important teams. You get to throw Maryland in there. Obviously, yeah. that's not ACC, but that's used to it be. used to be. Yeah. Right. That's a meaningful game, yeah. it feels like. And I think in, in that scenario, yes, traveling to Boston College and traveling to Miami aren't easy, but those are trips that people have done since the Big East days. 
And then you have Clemson, which isn't too bad of a travel. Maryland is obviously very close by. And then Cal. So if 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 those are your your toughest trips, you know, like 2028, 20, Maryland, Miami, Pitt, Stanford, Wake Forest. Again, that's a season where Miami people people used to travel to Miami and Pitt during the Big East days, and then you've got Stanford. I think this is Again, it's not going to be easy travel by any means, but I think Virginia Tech fans, especially if the Hokies are playing well, I think that's the biggest thing. If the Hokies are playing well, people will travel, and and I think you'll see that next year if this team can continues to carry momentum, even if Virginia Tech opens its ACC schedule at Stanford next year. I think Virginia Tech fans will show out, one, because it's new, it's fresh, like Andy said, and two, because Virginia Tech's good. It'll be pretty sweet. Kyron Drones getting that start 2025 on uh August 31st or September 1st uh, in uh, Atlanta. That'd be pretty sweet. That, they're going to play that thing at the Mercedes-Benz? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Final thoughts, fellas, before we let everybody go. I think the ACC did the best it could have in this scenario. I mean, it's not it's not ideal having a league this big. It's not ideal having to only have 16 protected rivalries in the league. Uh, the 3-5 was very clean. You know, you have three every year, rotate the other five. Like, it's just very symmetrical how it worked. This wasn't going to be a symmetrical thing. 17 teams in the league, football teams, you're not going to get symmetrical with that. So uh, they did the best they could. I'm actually kind of impressed that they brought uh, Miami Virginia Tech back. I think that was the biggest shortcoming of the previous setup. So they fixed that, and uh, I think they did a good job. The fact that Virginia Tech Miami is back, I think, should make a lot of people happy. Again, I think it's weird that North Carolina, you don't get them until 2027. But I think that's the way it was kind of trending before with with, with this model, um, the 355 model. Um, but I, again, I think the ACC, ACC did a good job overall. It's hard to... I can't imagine just in terms of trying to keep everybody as balanced as possible. And I think when you look at the ACC as a whole... Some schools like Syracuse and Boston College are out on a, kind of on an island a little bit. They're way out there. Miami's way out there. Even between Miami and Florida State, uh, I did this calculation. Miami and Florida State, those are the only two Florida schools, and they're still 400 miles apart. It's not like every single team is close to each other like the North Carolina schools are, so it makes things a little bit difficult. But I think the ACC protected the right rivalries and and made it as, as balanced as as it could be. And everybody might have a, a, a gripe here or a gripe there, but if Virginia Tech's biggest gripe is Tech's not playing North Carolina more frequently, That's I think fair. the ACC got it pretty right. The other thing, too, is that that, that I cannot combine. Coming in freshman year, I was supposed to get to see Syracuse and Tech play each other once, which was freshman year, and instead we're going to walk out of here with all this <laughs> schedule mix-up. They're going to play each other three times, twice in lane, once at the Dome. You can't complain there. Uh, three out of the four years. Anywho, fellas, it's been fun. Uh, obviously, stay tuned all throughout the week. As as we talked about yesterday, we got a ton of video content coming out. Uh, David and I are going to be on with Chris, I believe, tomorrow. We're going to give you a full-blown preview of both the men's and women's basketball upcoming 2023-2024 season. We'll bring Andy back on again on Thursday, and we'll talk Louisville football and, and preview that matchup coming up on Saturday. But for Andy Bitter, for David Cunningham, I'm Giovanni Heater saying so long from Blacksburg. We hope you like the new schedule because a lot of crazy things coming up in years to come.